Welcome to episode 11 of the Philosopher Science podcast, the podcast about free, libre and open source software for science. Today, Patrick and I are interviewing Sébastien Ledigabel about Nomad, a black box optimizing software. Hi, Sébastien. Could you introduce yourself and talk with us about your current areas of research? Hi, uh, David. And hi, Patrick. Thank you very much for the invitation to speak today. I'm, I'm an associate professor at uh, the uh, Mathematics and Industrial Engineering Department at uh, Polytechnic. My uh, area of research is uh, mathematical optimization. You are involved in the Chirard, a multi-university research center. What is the Chirard and what are the research area covered by that group? So first, uh, the Gerard is a research lab. In French, the acronym stands for the Group for Research in, uh, in Decision and Analysis. It is a lab that regroups uh, researchers from uh, different Montreal universities in, in optimization. They come from uh, Polytechnic, HSE, University of Montreal, McGill, UCAM, Concordia. And so at Gerard, we cover different facets of optimization. But mainly, we develop algorithms, their theory and implementation. And we apply this uh, algorithm to real-world problems, such as uh, applications in transport, uh, energy engineering environment, etc. Okay. Within the scope of your collaboration with the Shira Group, you developed Nomad, a black box optimization tool. First of all, can you explain to us what a black box optimization tool is? Yes. Uh, so black box optimization tool is a software package to solve black box optimization problem. So what is a black box optimization problem? In classical optimization, you want to find a design that uh, minimizes or maximizes uh, some uh, objective function and uh, subject to constraints. These, the functions uh, that, are d that define this uh, problem are given to you, usually. And they are analytical functions. You, kn you, know the, you know these functions. In black box optimization, these functions, they are not known. They correspond to some outputs of uh, code, a simulation that we call a black box. So you don't know anything about the nature of these functions. It can be anything. There is no way to get an, an analytical expression of these uh, functions. And you have to run this uh, black box code in order to get some value for uh, the objective function and the constraints. So you give it a, a x, for example, a vector with values. You compute, you can wait for a long time, and eventually we, you would get a, a value for the objective function and the constraints. So uh, this is a setting of the, the context of this uh, kind of optimization problems. Okay. Are you aware of any other alternative software that would be currently available to do black box optimization? Yeah, sure. Actually, uh, this field is very new, but there are more and more packages available for that. And uh, in my website, you can find a complete list of the different solutions. Okay. You talked about vector for your data input. What kind of data can be processed by black box optimizer? How do you define the problem you solve? What kind of initial data, what kind of problems can you solve with it? Yeah, so uh, what we need uh, to optimize the black box is first uh, a black box. So it's, uh, an, it's an executable code. It can be anything. As long as it, is, uh, it has a certain format, so as long as you can provide it a, a vector of uh, values, then it computes. You, you wait for it to, to finish, and it gives you back some uh, function to minimize or to maximize, and some constraints you want to respect, some values that you want to be uh, under a certain limit. Okay, so Nomad is not like the black... It couldn't represent the black box in the middle where you have data in, data out, and Nomad tries to be the middleman, or...? Yeah, exactly. In fact, uh, Nomad uh, drives the black box. It provides uh, some series of vectors to the black box. Each time it does one evaluation, 
it gets back the it gets back the solution for the backdoors and then it it iterates. Yeah. And so the the objective is to uh, minimize this objective function. We uh, because the black box can be very expensive to compute. You want to do it uh, while minimizing also the number of times you call the black box, the number of evaluations. Okay. How long does it generally run for? Uh, we we don't count the 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 optimization with time because it can be very costly. So we count the number of evaluations. Okay. But one black box can be one second, or it can be five days. Oh, okay, okay. Depend. It depend. It's highly dependent on the complex on the complexity of the problem. Maybe? Exactly. Yeah. So what what the people gave us actually is a a budget of evaluation. They want a solution with 100 evaluations, for example. Okay. So you have only the right to do 100 tests, and you have to give back the solution after this test. Do you know ahead of time how long each iteration will take? Because the algorithm is very cheap compared to the black box evaluation, so it's really uh, linked to the time it takes to evaluate one point. Okay. So if you if you tell me that your black box is going to run for one minute, and you you say I I want to optimize this problem for two days, then you do the math and. Okay, so what makes Nomad different from other black box optimization packages out there? Okay, so Nomad is one of the more robust tools uh, available. There, there are a large array of problems, and uh, some uh, tools are very specialized for a particular type of problem, but Nomad is very generic. So if you don't know exactly what kind of tool to use, Nomad may be a good solution. If you know some uh, special characteristics of the problem, uh, for example, you know that the problem is smooth, then Nomad is not a good option. But uh, in fact, Nomad is like a, like a a tank, if I may say. Uh, if your problem is uh, like a, a road and your road is bumpy, Nomad is going to be very efficient. If your road is nice and smooth, then Nomad is not going to perform very well. It, it will give you a solution, but not very fast. Okay, so there's uh, an area, uh, an array of problems that are better suited for Nomad. Yeah, Nomad is like is a kind of a last resort solution. You want to know the problem, the the very well in order to to choose the right optimization tool but if you cannot find any specialty in your problem any characteristic that you can exploit then nomad is a good solution okay what kind of algorithms are employed to solve optimization problems in classical optimization the methods use the derivatives of the problem but in in the case of black boxes there are no derivatives so you have to use some methods that are called derivative free optimization methods So they don't use the derivatives in order to optimize. This is a family of problems, of methods, sorry. So Nomad is one of these methods. It's called the direct search method. So it's based on the, um, on the directions. So you have your current iterate in the space. You construct some uh, directions around this uh, iterate and it gives you some uh, new points to test. And uh, what is uh, particular with Nomad is that the, the algorithm that is used is, is called MADS. M-I-D-S. And this method is based on a dense directions. It means that after a while, potentially you can, you can hope to have explored all the space, all the directions in the space. Would you compare Nomad to design of experiments? This is one of the, the options to do some black box optimization. But the design of experiments, they, you will plan your experiments in before mm -hmm. evaluating. So Nomad is more iterative. Okay. So you do some uh, evaluations, and then according to the results, you decide the new iterations and uh, the new evaluations, yeah. 
Okay, so Nomad would be like your design, like it would give you, okay, run next time, run this point and. Yes, and it will, it will wait for the, the point to. Uh, okay, to give you a new result. Yeah. But the design of experiment, that may be a very good, a very good solution to start. You begin with that. Okay. And then you, you switch to uh, Nomad, for example. Okay, so you could feed him some initial data from a design experiment and then use Nomad to generate new, okay, new data points to refine the results. Yeah, in fact, we use uh, some sampling already, so, such as uh, Latin Impercube sampling. Okay. It's close to uh, the design of experiment stuff. Okay, good. Uh, what are the theoretical bases on which Nomad's techniques is based? Well, uh, Nomad is based on the... It comes with a convergence analysis. So, uh, uh, as opposed to, for example, uh, genetic algorithms, I don't know if you know the, what, what they are, but uh, but these methods are heuristics. It means that they, they don't provide any guarantee on the quality of solution. So, the, the technique behind Nomad, the MADS algorithm, it comes with a convergence analysis that guarantees you that with some hypotheses that you converge to a point that satisfies some uh, optimality conditions. Okay. So you have a guarantee if you make some assumptions on the nature of the problem that you are going to converge to something good. Okay. What kind of assumptions do you need to pose? Uh, mainly on the smoothness of the function. So for example, if you assume that your function is uh, Lipschitz, so Lipschitz means that the, uh, the variation of the function is not going to be too high. Okay. Then using some uh, special tools uh, such as the Clark derivatives. So the, this is a generalization of the derivatives. But using these definitions, you can prove that you are going to be at the local minimizer. Okay. So that that's make the difference between Nomad and tools like uh, genetic algorithms. Okay. So, yeah, you mentioned that you have to use a black box for some applications. Can you point some real-world applications or industrial application where Nomad is utilized? Yes, since black boxes are everywhere because it's uh, it's code, uh, it's very easy to find some uh, nice applications. They can come from any any field, uh, in engineering, finance, uh, health, and anything. In particular, we are with, we are working with um, Rio Tinto in uh, Hydro Quebec, so they have a nice array of applications for us. For example, hydrology model calibration of uh, models, uh, building efficiency, to efficiency tools, various energy applications. I, I have an, another example from uh, Airbus. They wanted to uh, optimize the takeoff trajectory of a plane and uh, Nomad is installed into a laptop inside the cockpit and they run some uh, the optimization before takeoff and they enter the trajectory into the computer plane. So that's really impressive. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, would you use it to model um, physical or chemical phenomena? We use Nomad to uh, optimize uh, alloys in uh, chemistry. So you um, you define your variables at the proportion of uh, different materials that you want to put into the uh, the alloy, and then you you link that to a, a thermodynamic database. This is a black box. It gives you back the property of the alloy, and you minimize such properties. Okay. Under which license is Nomad published? A Nomad is published under the, the LGPL license, the GNU Lesser General Public License. Okay. And why did you choose that one? Uh, because uh, some partners of us, well, they wanted to uh, use Nomad inside a commercial server and you can use uh, the LGPL code into a commercial server and your server is going to be uh, non-contaminated by the license. Okay, so you use LGPL for the compatibility with other 
uh, non-GPL based software. Exactly for the ability for the other to uh, to use Nomad and to sell something with Nomad inside. Oh, okay. Uh, could you name some of those uh, partner? Are you allowed to? Yeah, maybe. Um, for example, they worked with um, uh, the company Endritz that does some uh, uh, turbines, and they have some nice uh, commercial solution inside. And one of the uh, interface has a optimized button inside, and this is Nomad. <laughs> okay. So I suppose it is possible to call Nomad's function from other software or integrate it to in a complete data analysis workflow? Yeah, sure, because Nomad is a standalone C++ code. You can use it in a console uh, in a console mode like that, but it's, since it's a C++ uh, API, 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 yeah, it could be called from other pieces yeah, of software. Yeah, exactly, and you can call it uh, several times and it can be embedded into a more general framework. And I think you also have a Python mapping for a Nomad. You can call Nomad in Python code. Yeah, we have many interfaces between uh, Python, R, uh, Excel also, uh, MATLAB. MATLAB is a big uh, thing for research. So uh, we have a lot of interfaces between the different codes and uh, Nomad. Nomad is in C++. Okay, that's cool. So you could have like higher level language managing the, the the data and then feeding them to Nomad down more down and processing the data down there. Yes, exactly. Okay, that's a really good um, workflow. We'll switch more about the general project. When did the project start? Uh, the first version of Nomad was out in uh, 2000. The current version is uh, was written in 2008. It is updated regu regularly, but we are currently working on new on a very new version uh, of the code from scratch. Okay, have you released any interim versions since two thousand eight? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in two thousand eight, it was a version three. Okay, and uh, today it's version three point nine. Okay, and do you, do you use semantic versioning for that? Do you keep like uh, compatibility with between. Um, Point one, point two versions and like major changes between the major versions. Yeah, we we keep the compatibility for the version three. Okay, for the first version three was compatible with the version two. Okay, but after a while it become not compatible. Yeah, at some point you need to to drop some baggage and move on. Yes, exactly. Is there a community around Nomad for users or developers? And yeah, can a user contact you and file a bug or complain that it is not working? <laughs> Uh, yeah, there is a very big community of uh, Nomad users. Uh, currently, we est we estimate this community to be around uh, 10,000 people that uh, or company that downloaded the code. Because each time you want to download Nomad, you have to fill in a form. And uh, you, you can do whatever you want, but uh, if you fill the form correctly, we can keep track of the records and the downloads. So I'd count I counted uh, 10,000 uh, downloads since 2008. Okay. Okay. So there are many, many users and they provide a very good feedback also. So each week we got between five and 10 emails to, uh, to ask questions, to, uh, to propose some stuff to, um Okay. Is, is it a uh, mailing list or, uh, is, do you receive them personally? Uh, personally, we have an email address. It's uh, nomad uh, at uh, gerard.ca. Okay, so the communication channels you have for the, the community, you said you named uh, the nomad at uh, Gerard. Uh, Gerard, G-E-R-A-D. Okay. Uh, dot C-A, yeah. Dot C-A, okay, so that's... Yeah, it's an email address. Okay, and do you, don't, do you have any uh, communication channels where users could help each other? Uh, not yet, but uh, recently we put nomad on GitHub. 
Okay. And uh, but I'm not very uh, uh, aware of the different possibilities. I know that there's some forums, for example, but uh, I'm not. We are not too much into it. Uh, but we are we are working on it. Okay. Perfect. Is there any resources that you would point out for new users to start them up on their first optimization? In fact, what is nice is that uh, in black box optimization, you don't have to have any knowledge in uh, optimization to perform a, a, an optimization. So if you have a black box, it's pretty easy to use Nomad. So uh, you have to know a bit about compiling, executing your code in a console. It's not a nice interface uh, Where you install and you click with your mouse, but uh, if you can uh, copy an executable on your on your computer, then you can use Nomad. You have to plug it with uh, your black box, so you have to be able to edit a text file and to indicate what is uh, your executable, to indicate some parameters, and uh, then it's going to be okay. Yeah, but I mean, those parameters are they documented somewhere? Is there any documentation for new users of Nomad? Ah, uh, yeah. Yes, uh, there is a basic usage of a Nomad where you can specify no parameter at all because all the algorithmic parameters are, have default values. But if you want to be more efficient, then you have to to use these parameters. And uh, there is a, an online tool. Uh, you can uh, just type a Nomad uh, with the edge option with any uh, parameter that you want to to use or you can write to us and uh, in in the documentation that we provide there is a like a, a paragraph about uh, what are the efficient parameters to test first okay yeah right, so there's a like first step to achieve <laughs> yeah yeah okay. it's more like a first step because i was using nomad recently and the documentation is very great and there is some um, yeah part for beginners and more advanced options so it's a very cool user guide to get yeah, yeah to start with Yeah, we divided the options into several groups. So the basic options, the advanced options, the debug options. Okay. Do you get many external contributions to Nomad's code? Uh, not so much. In fact, we want to keep control on the code. So people can uh, can play with the code because it's open. But uh, if they want to contribute, they have to write to us and to indicate, ah, oh, I found a bug here, or I think it's going. it would be better to code this like this, and uh, this is my code. Then we are going to look into that uh, proposition and to uh, to integrate the code eventually. Okay. Have you got any contribution, external contribution yet? So far, not so much. Some uh, like bugs of uh, one to two lines to change, but not 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 large contribution. Okay. Where can we find the source code for Nomad? So Nomad is on GitHub now, but it's also on uh, our, our website. It's uh, Uh, gerard.ca slash nomad okay uh, there you are going to be uh, able to download the source okay uh, what programming language is used for the main core of nomad there is only one language it's uh, c++ it's uh, 50,000 lines of codes it's not a very big project no oh, okay but still is there any way to help the project beside code uh, in fact the, the best help that we can get is uh, money because the software is free. So we are always looking for some money for uh, paying the people that are working on the code. Okay, so you have active developers that you pay to develop some features? Yeah, we have two full-time research associates that work on the code. 
Okay. And they respond to questions and they maintain the code. They develop new things. Okay, that's good. What are the, the, the channels in which people could contribute money to the project? Uh, the best is to be part of the company. Okay. Because we can do some contributions with some uh, cooperations with the companies. Uh, typically, what we do is uh, uh, we, we develop some new algorithmic uh, features motivated by some uh, applications that they have. So nowadays we work with uh, Rio Tinto and Hydro Quebec. So they have many, many different uh, uh, problematics. So they, they, they tell us, Oh, I want to solve this kind of specific problem. Then you, we integrate a new algorithmic in the, in the code. It's research. So we, we will write the paper for, for that. Okay. And we integrate it into so the code. The so you have the opportunity to develop to develop science and write uh, scientific scientific articles based on the the things you develop with the for nomad yeah exactly and because uh, what we deal with is a black box there is no confidentiality issue because the black box is already hidden oh yeah so uh, it's very uh, nice to uh, to publish some results we we can describe what is the black box doing but not so much but it's not a problem because what we do is the the algorithm that deals with deals with the black box. Yeah, if you're optimizing an aluminum foundry for Rio Tinto, let's say, nobody else has that exact same foundry with the same geometry with the electrodes at the same places. So, like, probably like, you can publish more freely in that case. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's good. So now we will switch to a slightly more philosophical discussion about FLOSS. What is your vision about FLOSS and its importance for the openness of science? Uh, in scientific research, uh, FLOSS is very important because uh, you have to check to be able to check the results. So if some people uh, say that this algorithm is better than uh, this one, then you want to be sure and to be able to check uh, if it's true. So you, you want to be able to get the end of the, on the code and to compile it and to test it by yourself. As a reviewer, for example, it's very uh, important to do it. It's also very important for uh, distribute the software. Because as for Nomad, for example, it's it's not something that I could sell like that. It's like an engine, an optimization engine. You have to be a bit specialized to uh, to use it. So uh, because I have no hope to sell it, uh, my only hope to uh, to get to get this uh, kind of method to be known is to to give it freely. Do you include free software in the classes you give to your students, or do you advocate to use free software to your students? Uh, I am teaching mathematics, so it's a bit difficult to to talk about software. But uh, uh, every time I have the chance, I yeah, I, I suggest to use some free software. For example, uh, in optimization, there are tools that are very expensive. They are good, but uh, they are very very expensive. But before trying them, it's better to use the the free options. Or even beside optimization, there's like WX Maxima or Maxima itself, just from general mathematics or. Uh, Uh, Octave. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of there's plenty of tools for mathematics. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, R is a very good example. Yeah, definitely. So instead, uh, for example, in the in the we we give the probability course. Okay. Yeah. Statistics for the computer for yeah for the computer science department, and uh, we were using before uh, Statistica. Okay. It was uh, not free. It was expensive. Uh, it was only for Windows. So we switched to R. And the students, they love that. They love this option because they can work their homeworks at home, really, instead of going to uh, the school. Yeah. 
to uh, to work on it and it's reproducible it's it's easy to just run the script again oh yeah exactly yeah uh, do you use the r studio interface or just the command line interface for r in that case it depends it's free we, we let the students decide okay it's up to them Do you think that young and aspiring scientists should start early to learn what free tools, I mean, in free software, uh, that are available available in their field and how to use them? Oh, exactly, totally, yeah. I have no counter-argument for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, do you think that the scientific community is generally open toward free and open source software? Oh, sure, because... Uh, e If you are a scientist, you you want to de to uh, to disseminate yeah to disseminate your your findings. So you don't want uh, the the stuff yeah that you work on to be a uh, secret. You, you want to be open, at least in your field. Some fields are more closed, but yeah. But uh, when you develop software, you 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 want the people to know about the software and to uh, the contributions for the people is very important for us. Okay. Do you think that using floss can have negative impacts on science? I was thinking about that and uh, I could not find anything. Uh, no, I don't see anything that could be negative for the for the science. Okay, it's kind of a tricky question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we will conclude today's interview with our favorite question. What is your favorite text processing tool? Okay, so I, la I love LaTeX. You know, in mathematics, uh, we don't use Word. So everyone uses uh, LaTeX. And uh, for coding, I use the uh, VI <laughs> I'm like uh, old school. Okay. <laughs> Simple and classic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before we conclude, is there anything else you would like to share with us? Uh, yeah. Uh, we are always interested in, in having good students. So if you are a grad, future grad student that want to do some optimization, we are very open to uh, grant you in our team because we are always looking for people to work with us. And if you are interested in uh, derivative free optimization, then you can check my website. It's Easy, you just Google my name, Sébastien Ludigabel. Uh, I'm the only one on the internet, so it's easy to find me. Thank you, Sébastien, for your time in this interview. If any of our listeners want to reach you, how would you like them to contact you? Uh, you just have to Google my name and you will find my, my, uh, my email. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This will be all for today's episode of the Philosopher Science Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that interview and you can reach me on Twitter at DLPK. You can reach me at underscore DBRAS or both of us at Philosopher Science. Also, we are on iTunes and Google Play Music. You can help us by leaving comments and rating to help new listeners discover our shows. Our website is located at philosopherscience.github.io where you can find more of our contact information and a link to our GitHub page where you can submit subject and ideas for future episodes. Our current schedule is to release an episode on the first Wednesday of every month. You can get our MP3 and OGG RSS feeds on our website. Our next episode will feature Kenneth Oste from the EasyBuild project. We will talk about scientific software distribution and how to make Package Manager appear when distributing your applications. We hope you enjoyed the show and that we will see you all in our next episode. Bye. Bye.